Today we have four questions for all of you. The first one is, uh, do we get tired or fatigued from trying to live more private and secure lives back here? The second one is about internet connectivity when traveling. Like, do we have any travel routers? The third one is why we decided to even start making content in the first place to share our voice of privacy and some of the inside look as to what things look like back here for us. And the fourth one is, what do we self-host? And so, uh, Nate, do you want to start with the first question? Sure. So the first question comes from JT, says, Michael Basil did a podcast episode a while back on the concept of fatigue from trying to live a more private and secure life. I'm curious what both of your takes on this are. Are there any practices in your lives, personal or business related, whatever you are comfortable sharing that you have gone back on? Any compromises that you have made since it can be hard to do it all? Okay. So for me, I know when I first got into privacy, I deleted my Steam account, which was a really bad idea because I, I like gaming. Gaming is relaxing for me. And I know for the record, I know Steam is terrible for privacy. I use it on my Windows computer, which I've said this before. I only use Windows for gaming and production. It's kind of isolated. I don't do anything sensitive or personal on there. Um, literally, sometimes I'm so busy. I go the whole week without turning on my Windows computer until it's time to record surveillance report again. So I'm not real worried about the privacy on there. I guess just kind of general life practices. I've kind of uh, stopped being so hardcore about like, I won't respond to people unless they use signal. Like, I I mean, sometimes I forget to respond because everything's on signal and I, I deprioritize it. I, I guess just little things like that, you know? Right. I mean, I can try to like pick through the little things on my end as well. Um, but on my end, just to keep it more broad, you know, every, every day, every week, every month, every year, you know, I'm constantly having to make modifications back here and there's never like a perfect endpoint. So, um, you know, a lot of people... Um, especially like in our community, you know, look up to us and all these things. And while like, yes, we do a lot of things that I think are definitely like probably way more extreme on the privacy and security spectrum than most people, you know, in your day to day life, like we have to make constant compromises back here too. And we're constantly evolving and growing and learning as well. So this isn't something that anyone is immune to. Um, everyone who you look up to, everyone that you that you see online making content, like we're all also like every week. Like I, the most recent one, and I'll talk about this. Um, I use the Logitech keyboard uh, and the Logitech mouse back here, and I have a super high security threat model for my main system that I use for uploading Techler content to. And it just never dawned on me how <laughs> it's. Like Logitech is like single-handedly a huge security issue. Like Logitech options based for my threat model um, because it's like one direct avenue now to literally all my keystrokes and everything I'm doing on my keyboard. Um, and actually I dug into it and there were some very serious security vulnerabilities several years ago that did abuse the uh, the ex- the elevated privileges that Logitech has on your operating system. And so for me, it was like, oh, well, shoot, let me uninstall this right away. Um, and so like we constantly, I'm sure Nate does too. I don't want to speak for him, but I'm sure Nate also discovers like kind of silly things that were completely overlooked um, all the time. So, yeah. Um, one thing I do want to add on to that, that I just thought about is uh, not, not to throw her under the bus. I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying this, but like, my wife, I've I've been open about this before. My wife has debilitating ADHD. Like it's it's really really bad, and as a result, she kind of just has to do whatever works. Like at at one point, I don't know if she's still doing it, but at one point, she moved back to Google Calendar because the way she tried Proton Calendar, it, it might be better now. This was like several months ago, but she moved back to Google because the way that it integrates with tasks and her phone and just like 
just the way it worked helped her and like her adhd is so bad she's just got to do whatever works or else it's just not going to get done it's not just like i don't want to do the thing like it will get completely overlooked and forgotten and it's things that have to get done like going to the store uh cooking food like you know things like that so for her it was a necessity like there's some things that she didn't want to go back to google she understands that proton calendar is the better choice and it's encrypted and it's private and google's selling all that data and stuff like that but you know you got to do what you got to do life has to ha has to happen it has to go forward and so yeah things like that the next question also comes from jt and it's about internet connectivity and uh, they ask have either of you used a travel router a small and portable router that you bring to either connect via ethernet or wirelessly repeat to have your own network when traveling um and then he talks about specifics and have we tried any of these i haven't tried the specific ones that you bring up especially the ones that use open wrt um but um back in the day like a couple of years ago even like for for a whole like year plus, I was actually using the Calix hotspot for everything. I actually didn't have home Wi-Fi at all. Um, all I used was a portable 5G router. And I really liked the workflow for certain things. It was super nice. It was nice not to have um, a monthly internet bill at home. It was nice to be able to have the same internet everywhere I went. It was really great. And also the security of it was really awesome as well. Um, I did get rid of it in favor for having fiber at home which was significantly faster and made my work a lot better uh, than having live streams cut out like 10 times <laughs> during a live stream. Um, so that was a big win. And it's not even a knock to like the Calyx one in, in particular. The performance was generally great. It's just for live streaming, you know, it's pretty demanding. Um, and the other layer to this too is um, I finally found a workflow where I have an unlimited hotspot on my mobile device. Um, it is limited in speed. So it's capped on the speed, but it's actually unlimited and it's fast enough for my work on the go. So I actually, I pretty much use my phone as my hotspot and I never connect to public Wi-Fi anymore when I'm on the go. So that's been my experience with a travel router. Um, I really like the Calyx and what they do and their hotspots are really solid. And if I don't have that option, I just use my phone. So I have never used a travel router. Um, I, I mentioned I only use uh, windows for gaming and production. I use cubes for everything else and cubes for those who've never used it. Basically everything's a virtual machine, but one thing that's really nifty about it is you also have networking VMs. So you have sysnet, uh, SYS system, sysnet, which is actually the interface that connects to the Wi-Fi or the, the ethernet or whatever. And then you have sys firewall, which of course you can delete or bypass if you want. And then you have sys Hunix, which is Tor, or you can put a VPN on there. And, and I, I call it sys VPN because I like consistency. Um, and just as a side note, it makes split tunneling the easiest thing ever. Oh my God. I love the way cubes has their networking set up. But anyways, um, yeah, I don't have to worry about a travel router because, it, you know, if I go to a hotel, which I've done, um, uh, last year I worked briefly for a company who literally had me traveling. I did the math. 48% of the time I was traveling, which I was pissed about for the record. They lied about how much travel was involved in that job. And so I spent a lot of, ho a lot of time in hotels and I never had to worry about it because I connect to the network like normal. I open my browser in Sysnet and I, you know, click the agree to terms, put in my hotel room number, whatever. And then everything else I do goes through either SysVPN or SysHunix. And, uh, you know, anything that for some reason doesn't, I use SysFirewall to block any other connections I want to. Um, you know, so 
it, it, it basically has all the benefits of a travel router. And uh, Cubes, I think starting in 4.0 or 4.1, now automatically does Mac randomization. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it basically does everything a travel router would do. I don't have to worry about it. It just works by default. I, I actually bought Henry's Calyx hotspot off of him. <laughs> And I, I use it. I, I can actually vouch. It's pretty good. Um, I carry it around in my work backpack and, um, we're actually one of our job sites right now is a brand new construction site. Um, it's far enough along that it has AC, thank God, cause Texas in the summer, but it's still so new that it doesn't have network or Wi-Fi. And like, I kid you not, sometimes we'll try to like open our laptops to like, you know, get emails, download drawings, things of that nature. And I remember distinctly the first week we were there, I tried to use my Pixel 6. I tried to use that as a hotspot. Completely useless. But I fired up the Calyx hotspot, stuck it near a window. Perfect. No issues whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I, I carry that around just in the off chance I ever need it. I usually don't. Most places these days have Wi-Fi and again, cubes. But um, if for some reason I don't trust the Wi-Fi or the Wi-Fi is down, it's not working to the performance I need. Yeah, the Calyx hotspot works pretty great. So... I also had a similar experience um, that I will say that like for the hotspot only function out. So pretty much for me, for the hotspot functionality alone, the Calyx hotspot any day of the week will beat the phone. It has better battery. You can connect a t- like what, like 20 plus devices to it. Oh, I don't even There's know. I'd of- never do more than like three three or four oh yeah it's it's insane like you can you can actually um there's like so many features on it you can have like multiple networks you can have a guest network you can customize everything it's it's fantastic so from a hotspot functionality the calyx hotspot will always be the phone but from a home functionality the wi-fi and home internet will in a lot of situations beat the hotspot that's not always true but i figured out that i had access to fiber and it was like ridiculous for me not to take up that option you know that's actually how that's how Techlore was run for like a year and a half. For like a year and a half, Techlore everything was done on a Calyx hotspot, which is insane to think about. Like I can't believe I was doing that for so long. I had so much patience. Like I don't think you understand. Like there were specific windows that gave me like a five percent boost in speed, <laughs> and so like I knew like exactly like for certain workflows like where to position the hotspot around the home. And that 5% made a difference because with the speeds I was working with, like 5% meant literally like, you know, like 10 minutes of my time. And so I was like, oh, it's worth getting up and moving it. (laughs) I remember you would do that on my weeks to edit the podcast. You'd be like, all right, I'm editing. It'll be there in like eight hours. And I'm like, you know, thankfully we edit. Well, back then we were editing in like the after, or we were recording in the afternoon. So I was just like, bro, I want to do things with my weekend. Come on. But now we record right. it in the evening, so it's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to bed, and it'll be there in the morning. <laughs> but I remember that back then. I was like, dude, come on. Right. Now I say the same thing to your upload speeds. <laughs> hey, they're fine when I turn off the view. Well, they're okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not happy with my ISP for a lot of reasons. I know, I'm just messing around. <laughs> so our next one comes from Obfuscated. Hey, love the podcast. Recent Patreon sub. Thank you so much. We appreciate the support. Obviously, lots of people get involved in taking control of their online privacy, but what made you guys want to start making content around it to teach people instead of simply contributing through other means? Did you find it difficult giving up some personal privacy to teach others how to improve theirs? Um, so in my case, what got me started was um, I started with the website, and I started because I basically didn't find anything that looked like what I wanted it to. Um, and I mean that metaphorically, not like the actual look of the website. Um, 
At the time, Privacy Guides was Privacy Tools, and it was literally just a list of tools with no context. Uh, TechLore still mostly only does videos. I wanted something that I could send. And truthfully, I made this mostly for like my family and friends. Like I did not make this to actually like reach out to other people like I do now. Um, but I, I wanted a website where I could send it to my family and friends and they could like learn at their own pace without bugging me, which I don't mind, but they were very self-conscious of. Like I actually had my mom straight up say that to me. She's like, I have a lot of questions, but I don't want to keep bugging you. And I'm like, please bug me. I don't care. But hey, here's a website, learn at your own pace. And then after I made the website, I was like, eh, maybe other people would benefit from this. You know, there's, there's always a well, we'll see how Reddit turns out now. But at the time on Reddit, there was like a wave of, you know, a lot of people would be like, I'm new to this. I don't know where to start. And then it goes away and then it comes back and it goes away. Um, and I was in the middle of one of those waves. So I started sharing it with those people and uh, just kind of grew from there. Um, and truthfully, at the time, I did not find it difficult to give up personal privacy because at the time I was like, man, not to to give too much backstory. I've started so many websites and projects and bands and this and that, and like none of them ever actually take off. This is by far the most successful thing I've ever started, except for, I guess like my actual freelancing that I did for like 10 years. Um, so for me, it was just like, yeah, whatever, this isn't going to be successful. 10 people are going to watch it. You know, I it's whatever. It's not going to be a big deal. Um, now that it's grown a little bit, I guess I'm just, I, it's not difficult. It's just more like trying to be conscious about what am I saying? How much am I giving away? Can this be inferred to figure something out? Stuff like that. Regarding why I started, uh, for me, it was more personal. Um, like Techler, if you go back, like all to our old videos, pretty much everything that I originally, it started more as like guides and tutorials for basic things, like how to set up Tor on Linux and things like that. And, um, even like how to access a VPN. And the reason why I was looking for a VPN was because my network at the time was blocking access to certain websites that I needed access to. And I also wanted to figure out how to set up Tor because I was using Linux at the time and I wanted to use Tor for similar purposes as well because lots of websites were being uh, blocked specifically at the school I was attending. And so I realized there weren't really any YouTube tutorials on it and I figured it would take me just a couple minutes to do it, well, to record it. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, um, and you know, a lot of people who edit videos know it's, it takes time to edit things. Um, they always make but, it look uh, faster pretty... in the videos, too. <laughs> right. Three-minute video uh, takes an hour to learn how to do the thing. <laughs> right. Um, and so pretty much, like, everything I made videos about originally was just because, like, it was just the, something that I had a question about, and I didn't really find it either, and so I just decided to put content out about it. Um, and then as time went on, I finally started to, like, read more, because I didn't originally do things for the privacy purposes when I started the channel. Um, I originally started to, like just do guides and tutorials. And eventually I started stumbling on the privacy and security stuff. And then Techler was also starting to pretty much start posting content alongside everything I was learning. So that's how I kind of ended up here. Pretty much everything I learned and everything along my journey is pretty much mirrored directly to Techler. That's why you see like things change, like the direction of things change, mentalities change, um, and a lot of things change because I change, I'm a human and I evolve and Techler evolves as well. And whether or not it was difficult to give up personal privacy, it wasn't difficult because I didn't think that far ahead. So I just did it. Kind of like and me. And then now I'm, look <laughs> now I'm looking back on it and I'm like, oh, I wonder if it would have been different if I like didn't do that. But um, now I'm starting, I, you know what, like I was kind of in the worst position because uh, this was like several months ago. I was in the worst position because I had a public presence. So I was losing 
the privacy of not having to have a public presence, but I also wasn't like utilizing my public presence much either. So I was kind of in this worst boat where I wasn't really benefiting whatsoever. But in the last several months, I've been leaning more into my personal prep, my personal presence, and just acknowledging that yeah, I'm I'm someone public that's talking about privacy. And so at least now I get to reap some of those benefits. And so I have fewer regrets or difficulties due to this now. All right. And the last question is, what apps do you guys self-host, if anything? Um, and on my end, it's very simple. And I did a whole review and video on it. I only do one thing, and it's uh, Synology NAS. Uh, I pretty much do a lot of things, and my whole video production workflow revolves around the NAS. And so, like, right now, the notes I'm reading off of with your comment are on Synology Drive. And I use it for my personal life and for tech lore and really everything. So that's it on my end. Um, I actually self-host a couple things. Um, I do have a Mjolnir bot for Matrix. I don't know if that really counts as self-hosting, but I I guess technically it's on a little Raspberry Pi in the living room. Um, I have a Jellyfin server that I absolutely love. I'm super, super happy with it. Um, I think I'm about to get back on a horror movie kick. I can kind of feel it creeping up in the back of my head and I have a bunch of horror movies on there. I haven't watched yet. So yay for jellyfin. Um, and most critically, I, I mean, honestly, they're kind of 50, 50, but I think most critically is Nextcloud. Um, I do host Nextcloud. I used to host it out of my home, um, from my personal domain. I just moved to a VPS, with a more official domain. And I don't think I'm going to be putting, like I used to keep like client contracts and stuff on there. I'm not going to do that anymore because now it's on a VPS and I just don't, not that there's anything super sensitive any there. I, I haven't had any high profile clients, but I just, I don't know. That just doesn't feel right. Um, and honestly, I don't really need that kind of cloud syncing. So, um, but I mean, it's great for like, oh my God, dude. So I run the framework for the new oil, the website, on my my cubes computer because it needs Linux, and it works great. But literally the that last weekend, I tried to upload the most recent set of files, like to change the website to update it to, to GitHub and GitLab. I left that running for a full twenty four hours, and it still never uploaded all the files. But if I sync them through Nextcloud and put them on Windows, they upload in less than a minute. So yeah, uh, things like that. That's what I use Nextcloud for mostly, just to sync files, memes. Stuff like that. If anybody has any suggestions of things I should look into, let me know. Except DNS. I already know I can't do that. It's a long story. I'm not doing DNS. But anything else, let me know. Those are all the questions for the week. Again, all these pe- questions come from our patrons on patreon.com slash surveillance pod. Uh, there will be a link down in the description if you want to join next week's Q&A. Thanks, everyone, again, for leaving your feedback and uh, allowing us to, well, we can do what we want, but pretty much confirming that, you know, we thought it was a good idea uh, to separate these. And so it was cool to see a lot of you also agree and say that you, you wanted to see these separated. Um, and so thank you all to our patrons for asking these questions. We love them. If you're already on Patreon, definitely ask more. And if you want to ask us questions and be featured next week, just join. Uh, We pretty much answer all of them at this point, as long as they're appropriate. Um, And so, yeah, go ahead and ask your questions, and we'll see you in the next surveillance report.